everybody. This is Paula. And this is Alex. And you're listening to Deep Space Gay. Hit it. Do it. Engage. Fascinating. Steady as she goes. So, this is our continuation of our discussion on the first AOS movie, so Star Trek 2009. And um, last time we already covered about half of the movie and decided that it was smart to take a break and continue this <laughs> in a second part, which we're doing right now. So if you have not listened to that, um, I would advise you go back and listen to that episode first because you will just get more out of that experience <laughs> other than listening to our half-formed thoughts um, now. But yeah, um, I feel like we can just jump right in without any kind of discussion because we just, you know, literally... Yeah recorded the first part okay so we stopped at the scene where we met montgomery scott scotty <laughs> um for the first time in the aos verse and we loved it we you know laughed and we just you know had a good time okay so um <laughs> to get out of off of the ice planet um because that's the thing that needs to happen if they want to save earth um they need to transport back onto the enterprise and this is where spock being from the future comes in handy because he already knows scotty's um formula for transwarp travel and <laughs> he tells him he kind of changes history again but you know who fucking cares yeah. at this point um so yeah they they use that and transport all of them onto well not spock he stays behind But um, the others um, get transported onto the Enterprise. And it's funny because um, Scotty lands in the water circulation system. He kind of mm -hmm. is trapped in that. So Jim has to act fast if he doesn't want his new friend to literally drown right after he met him. Um, <laughs> the scene in itself is funny, though. Yeah, it's really well done. It's really well done, yes. Um, which is also how they... Um, get discovered on the bridge or like by the people on the bridge because they're like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. someone there's been an unauthorized access to our like water lines or whatever and yeah so they go onto the bridge and yeah we have a reconfrontation scene with um spock and jim which is yeah it's something something may i add something you about add the, something. The, the scene before yes. yeah okay um so what I really find interesting, this is the first real look we get to have at the engineering part of the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And there has been criticism. Boy, oh boy, I didn't think that would be the case. But lots of people were not happy with what they saw. So they filmed most of the scenes that happen, like that take place in the engineering part. And um, the Budweiser... God, I wrote it down. Brewery, right? Um, the Budweiser Brewery in California. And um, so that's why you see all these huge tanks and everything. And a lot of them had like have like radiation warnings, labels and everything on them. And people were not happy with that decision. <laughs> because okay. apparently, um, because, you know, the engineering part of a ship always had that really sleek look. You know, it's always like in TNG, for example, you can visualize the warp core. Mm -hmm. And the same goes with like Enterprise and like all these shows. And I think the only show that doesn't really have it is um, Deep Space Nine because you Obviously. don't really have much there. And people were pissed <laughs> because people said that this is not what it should like look like. And I kind of agree, like it's not the same Star Trek vibe. But they wanted to go, I think, for something that looked a bit more realistic. And I have mm -hmm. not been into a huge ass spaceship engineering part so i don't know how realistic that would be <laughs> but i feel like it's it's a solid look for because you have this huge ship and of course you have a huge engineering department where a lot of stuff like where the engine is and mm -hmm. where a lot of stuff happens and yeah i just wanted to add that on that people were not happy with what they saw and i feel like it's kind of funny because this is not something i personally would take offense to but apparently so like these super Ex like these geeks and nerds who are really excited about mm -hmm. how the ships look i think they just were not happy with what they saw in that moment yeah i mean But yeah. we already talked about that a couple a couple episodes ago how people are like so into the ships and 
how they're like constructed and everything so yeah i, I guess some people would probably mm -hmm. care about that more than we do so that's fine yeah yeah cool so now um, the emotional confrontation the confrontation something i forgot to mention before that is that everything that jim does now is um on the advice of spock of old spock yeah um <laughs> he was like well you know you know this one regulation where a um captain is not allowed to remain in his post if he has been emotionally compromised by something i think that actually um counts for all officers not just for captains mm -hmm. but like yeah And Jim is like, oh, yeah, but like Spock was so stone-faced. He was like not at all like, you know, it didn't affect him at all that his planet, you know, got destroyed. And yep. Spock is like, well, I just saw it and I'm affected. So make of that <laughs> as you will. So um, and yeah, then he tells him that he can't go with him because he like he cannot alter the like timeline any more than he already has. Blah, blah, blah. And here I think he talks about destiny again, which... You know, it's a nice nod to this recurring <laughs> theme. I don't know. I just, you know, I just noticed it go for times and yeah. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I like this. Um, So, yeah. And then the next thing I wrote down is the anger management issues are actually not that bad. Because, yeah. first off, <laughs> it is a it is um, it is a reaction that is kind of understandable because yeah. like Jim goads him on. He like really goads Spock into, you know, um losing his cool basically and mm -hmm. it was um it wasn't nice what he said to him it reminded me a lot of like not reminded me a lot of it but like the scene had a similar feel to the one in on this side of paradise where he wants spock to lose his cool so he gets um like he escapes the control of the spores which uh yeah mm -hmm. that is something that i noticed and Yeah. Then I have then I have another note and it says is Jim enjoying almost dying all the time because the like, when he gets choked by Spock that is the third time that has happened to him in a very maybe short span kink. of like time. Like, maybe he has like in that moment it could be a choking king but apart from that maybe he just he just has a thing for almost dying. Maybe it's like in a like in a super intense adrenaline junkie. Maybe. Maybe he is. Yeah. Because, like, damn. Yeah. Damn, yeah. But what I really like about the scene as well is what you already said. Like, Spock has a really hard time. Because Jim just comes for him in a way that is so bad. But, it, of course, for a purpose. Like, it's not just that he woke up and he was like, yeah, I'm going to bully Spock. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I feel like he did kind of did before. Yeah. Not like bullying manner, but in like, I'm going to annoy the shit out of this, out of this person. Um, but what I really like, like in a way, and how it really works with Spock's journey, and that's something I talked about before in the last episode, is how he basically tells him more or less that like that Spock is not like he's not fully Vulcan, but also not fully human, yep. and he's like a robot, and he cannot comprehend the human experience. And I don't know, does he say anything about Spock's mom? I don't remember, but I feel like he did. I think and he I think did, that yeah. was another trigger point for like Spock to just punch him and choke him and just fuck him up so badly yeah so yeah that really works well it's like i, I that's where i wrote down three-dimensional more complex character than kirk because it's true like we don't really know what the like why is kirk where he is he wanted to prove to other people that he is more than what they made him before and he is charismatic And he doesn't want his planet to die. And I feel like these are the only motivations he has, you know? Mm -hmm. And before that, he is insulted. Like, why does he want to take the Kobayashi Maru test again? Like, we don't really get that. Because you know, he you, doesn't of believe in no win scenarios. Yes, I know, I know. Yeah, but it's not well established, you know? And mm -hmm. with Spock, you know why he does what he does. Like he's, like, he's so much more complex. And I feel like, by accident, by making, like, Jim the charismatic leader and protagonist and the typical jj abrams protagonist that you have in his like his productions they accidentally created a second character that is so much more interesting <laughs> you're right you're definitely yeah. right yeah um that's true and i think um the next scene supports your hypothesis because we actually <laughs> see spock working through his feelings which is something yeah. 
that has seemed up to that point very impossible because like he was so closed off but then he talks about his father uh, not about with mm -hmm. his father about his mother yeah. <laughs> and why they got married and you know like and i really really like that scene because like he is working through it like he's doing yeah. the emotional labor like when do you ever see that not often yep. you know and for jim you don't see that at all not in this movie at least so you know yeah like you said it was pretty cool it is really cool and um yeah I, i just really like that like they did something with spock that just really worked and i feel like that might have been also the reason because leonard nimoy was involved he was <laughs> on set he talked a lot with like the creators and i think that really because william shatner wasn't around when they created kirk you know <laughs> so um i feel like like whatever your opinions on william shatner are um you're probably justified to have them but i feel like it always take makes a huge impact when you have the actual actors on set and consulting they do know their yeah. characters usually yeah mm -hmm. really well especially after such a long time they played yeah. him, them for so long uh, but i have a question for you <laughs> why is it still a thing that jim becomes captain after not only being unqualified for being first officer but also being exiled from the ship with and especially now that you know that bones who's the cmo and therefore the third highest ranking officer on the ship standing right next to him i cannot in a logical <laughs> way answer your question but i think it is because it fits the plot <laughs> no listen i don't know i think um i think I completely agree with you. He was not only unfit to be a first officer in the first place, he then also got marooned on this planet. And, yeah, like, I don't know. I think because Jim is the way he is, he is this, like, he takes charge of a situation, right? And I think that yeah. is why everyone just, like, naturally, like, defers, like, control to him. Mm. Um, so I think that might be the reason why he just like naturally takes his place as the captain. Yeah. Um, I don't love it either because first off, it does not feel deserved. Not at all. And like are you okay? Sorry, the neighbors are like I think they're moving furniture. Yeah, but you can't hear it. <laughs> I was like, what is this noise? Yeah. Okay, yeah, just keep talking, sorry. I think they're vacuuming. Um, yes. Yeah, so one thing I really, like, <laughs> that is something I really, really, really hate about Jim's character arc through the movies. Oh, well, like, not through the movies, but, like, the setup through the movies, Um, I think that's mm -hmm. right. He did not deserve to be captain. He, not no. at all, not at this point, at least, because, yes, later he does some very heroic things and like he definitely like shows that he takes responsibility for all these people. Mm -hmm. But at this point in time, mm -mm, no. Not at no. all. He's not I, qualified in any way. No, I don't like that at all. So, um, like the, the the funny thing is, you have kids like Chekhov, and they deserve to be in their place at this time. But Jim technically yeah. doesn't. So he's know, almost thirty, and he doesn't deserve to be there. No, you know. So and what I like, what really annoys me about that though is, before that, they didn't give a fuss about ranks or indicators or anything. Like they just didn't care. And now it's a whole thing. And I'm like, like, honestly, if I were on that ship and imagine you're a lieutenant, mm -hmm. you work there, you have worked on like under Captain Pike, maybe on a different ship for the last five years. Mm -hmm. You got to know the crew, you know, the people. And then there is this idiot who messed up every single step of the way and he gets to be captain. Like, wouldn't you say something like they didn't like in that mo moment, I would be like, even though if I risk my entire career for that, but who the fuck cares at that moment? Mm -hmm. I would be like, hey, he just got exiled from the ship. He hasn't done any good choices. Like he hasn't made any good choices over the last day. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone else should do it. Even the 16 year old Chekhov is more like, you know, prepared for what's coming. <laughs> Qualified. Yep. Anyone? Anyone? You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I com I completely get it. Like like I said, I really don't like that choice that they made. Yeah. But I feel like it is something very um JJ Abrams E. Yeah. Um <laughs> that he just like makes like random decisions about his characters and then you have to live with that kind of. I don't know. Yeah. 
so yeah, no, yeah, I didn't, I didn't love it either. A lot, like, yeah, you have that a lot of the time where there's other characters in that scene or in that moment where you would be like, wow, they really know what they're doing. But for some reason mm -hmm. or other, they get ignored. And yes, I know, yeah. obviously, Jim has to end up captain of the ship because that is the whole point of the thing. Like, that's also what, like, what he talked about with Spock way, way earlier, right? Um, When they were talking yeah. about how the timelines... um differ from each other it was like mm -hmm. you're the captain of the ship and everyone's proud of you and i feel like that's something that's so important to jim like that yep. people actually see what he himself has accomplished but then again that's like antithetical to what they've done now because he has not ex mm -hmm. like accomplished that by himself so yeah it drives yep. me crazy because like you see mm -hmm. this character who wants this validation so badly like he acts as if he doesn't but obviously he does like he wants to yep. be perce perceived as his own person not in his father's shadow because he was like such a hero and everything but yeah i hate it i hate it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it doesn't work in that no scenario it just doesn't work he's not someone who deserves it at this point but yeah um nevertheless we get these moments um now in the next few scenes where they plan on how to take on nero and i feel like that's something i really enjoyed mm -hmm. because for the first time in the film we get to see the enterprise crew doing enterprise crew things because the whole movie is a one man one and a half man show of kirk and sometimes spock And now finally we get to see what Star Trek is about. It's about teamwork. It's about techno babble. It's about crazy ideas that save the day. And I really love these moments. Yeah, same. I mean, like we're like just the way that you like see them all standing together, like planning is like something yeah. that feels so good, right? Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. And it's like so funny because like Chekhov, the teen genius yeah. that he is. Like, with his ideas. And then Bones like, how old are you anyway? And he's like, I'm 17. They're, oh, good. He's 17. <laughs> One of the yeah. best moments. Comedic. I fucking love that. Yeah, every single time. I'm like, huh? <laughs> amazing. <So> amazing. <sighs> yeah, so that is that is amazing. And I also think it's so cool. Like, because um, Spock comes back and he offers his help. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. you know, defer to you. And... In that moment that he actually trusts Jim or like that you see the trust that is slowly, slowly, slowly forming between mm -hmm. Spock and Jim and that they like allow each other to have like each other's back. I, I did like it. I did like that. Yeah. You know, I'm a hope for stuff like that. I'm like yeah. beginning to trust each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just so good. It is good. It is good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that is that is very nice. Um, Something else that you wanted to say about that no i just i don't know it just makes me happy mm -hmm. it's like it's one thing it's something we get to see in the third movie like beyond yes. the teamwork and everything and we'll get into that at that point but yeah it just this is it feels that scene feels like the start of something really good which of course is a bit late in the third act of the movie <laughs> Yes. But I'm glad we got to be at that point where everyone is on the bridge. And I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't have minded if that would have come differently in a way like we already discussed with um, Jim not being the most deserving of his position. Mm -hmm. um, but I, 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 like, it would have been cool if, for example, Pike would have been there on the bridge to like hand over, you know, and be like, here, yeah. you're now the captain. But it is what it is, and that moment just feels right. Yes, it does. It does. Um, so yeah, then we move on to the rescuing scene. Um, they mm -hmm. have made a plan and it is that Spock and Jim are both going to go onto the Narada and they're going to mm -hmm. rescue Pike and they're also going to try to derail the ship from destroying Earth um, using yep. red matter yet again. And um, I thought that scene was also really funny where like Spock tries, like he's like, that is not up to, like, codes that you're going yourself mm -hmm. to rescue the captain, but I suppose I cannot, like, convince you otherwise. And he's like, well, yeah. you're right in that. And I feel like that's that dynamic right there. That is it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And especially when Jim is like, oh, we fi you finally, like, we finally start to understand each other. And he just gives him this shoulder clap. And it's yep. just like, that one works. Yeah. You have, like, a little bit of a, you know, rewarding moment in there. So, yep. yeah, um, they go over there to the Narada and um, they split up because there's this ship that, um, sp like, old Spock used. They, mm -hmm. That was um, 
was supposed to be used for, um, you know, saving Romulus. And like, yep. I think the whole thing was that the like the sun went supernova, right? They wanted yes. to create the black hole so that it wouldn't destroy the planets, which also I think is really weird because like then they wouldn't have had a sun. Did you think about that? Yeah, because I did. I did think about that, but my thought was okay, but they would have more time to evacuate the planet, the planets mm -hmm. because they're still the twin planet. But you know what I mean? You know, like there wouldn't be a sun, but because traumatizing another traumatizing event of my childhood <laughs> we were i was on vacation with my parents and we were in a like a natural museum like natural something something museum in somewhere in um northern germany and there was this film about what would happen if the sun died on mm -hmm. earth and it was like a 20 minute worst case scenario <laughs> thingy and they were like yeah The sun dies, so these people die first. Then you le le lose oxygen. Then you lose this and this. Then you freeze to death. You lose your plant life, your animals. The ocean will... Whatever. And I was like... I had a good time until then. And then I, I came out of this room and I was like... Oh no. And for at least a year of my life after that... I was so convinced. I was so worried that the sun would die. It's like the same fear that you has a ch have a as a child... It's really weird. I don't know if you've had it, but I know other people have it or had it where you are so concerned about the um, Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same thing. So, um, yeah, that like depending on how close they are to the sun and how dependent they are on certain aspects of it, they would be fucked really early on. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. that's just something that they chose to ignore. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, so yes, um, anyway, Spock, um, you know, he walks onto the ship, or they both walk onto the ship, and he says something, and the ship basically is like, oh, welcome back, Ambassador Spock, and he's like, yo, you didn't tell me everything, did ya? And yeah. he's like, no, you know, <laughs> which is really funny. But I feel like, <laughs> before that, we missed one funny moment, oh, though, Okay. where they say goodbye, um... And oh, yeah. basically they beam onto the ship and Uhura is there and Jim walks in. He's talking to Scotty. Scotty is like, yeah, this is exciting. And he looks up and he walks on there and Uhura and Spock are kissing. And Jim's face is just like, what the fuck? It's pretty funny. <laughs> and then yeah. he learns for the first time that Uhura's first name is Niota, mm -hmm. which I feel like is really cool that they implement, like put that in there. And that's just a really funny moment. I just wanted to add on. And isn't there also this moment where um, Scotty tells them, it's like really, like right after it, Scotty's like, okay, no one should be there where you are. They beam onto the ship and they yep. immediately get started, like people firing at them. <laughs> Peak humor. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's so good every time. It's true. So yes, um, they get attacked, but they, you know, fight until they get free. Yep. And that's then also the moment um, where Jim is like behind some crates or whatever and Spock like wants to go investigate the ship and he's mm -hmm. like, I got your bag. <laughs> Such a good moment. Yeah. And then Spock trusts him because he goes. I'm like, yeah, really good. Really good payoff right yeah. there. Um, so yeah, like they're on the, on the small ship thing that looks kind of weird mm -hmm. too. Yeah. And it is Spock's um, responsibility to get that thing away from the Romulans so that they can't access the red matter. And mm -hmm. um, Jim is supposed to rescue Pike. And things go south pretty quickly. I mean, Spock escapes with the ship so that... Um, I mean, he yeah. gets pursued and stuff. And there's like a... Like basically a... Like, yeah, they pursue him with like the drones, Warp. ships or whatever. Yeah. And Jim, yeah, he tries to find Pike. But he also finds Nero, which sucks for him because near-death experience for the fourth time, he yet again gets choked. <laughs> he gets choked so much. Like, how does he talk at the end of this movie, you know? I don't know. I don't know. He, he shouldn't be able to. No. He should be like, yeah, you're nice. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. Um, so, yeah. That is that. But then, like, everything turns up. I don't know. The thing, my, my problem is that every time, like, there's, like, fight scenes like this where they're, like, not very, very, like, exciting. But, like, you know, just mm -hmm. stuff kind of happens quickly. I try every time, but I kind of start zoning out. Because by this, by this point, the 
like movie was more than 90 minutes long and i'm like yeah. hmm yeah i wonder i wonder when this will be over <laughs> but the thing is like he fights the the, the second in command of the romulan ship mm -hmm. and then gotta say i don't know if you all like ha were, were zoned out for that as well but the moment they le like they come out of warp speed And they start firing on Spock's ship. Mm. And you have the Enterprise coming in. Yep. And the score is just like... Do, do, yep. do, 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 do. And it's it's so good. And they just protect Spock. And mm -hmm. the music, the score, the visual effects. It's all coming together. And every time I'm like, damn! <laughs> you know, it's so good. Because I don't care about Jim being getting beaten up. Because yeah, he, he has, like, plot armor. He's mm -hmm. safe. You're just like, yeah, he's just gonna jump around. But that moment, it's just like... Everything, everyone, every single person that worked on that scene, in whatever capacity, well done. Because it's just so good. It's just so good because you have these three ships and you have the teamwork and you have the plan and the setup for the plan pays off. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I don't yeah. know, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. It's really good. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool. And, um, yeah, well... <laughs> when that is done um they there's this black hole like because spock like yeah. he's on a collision course to the narada so um with you know like he gets beamed off and it's so cool because um scotty manages to beam off spock and jim and pike at the same time and like it's a such a feat of engineering because no one's ever done that before that you beam them off like at the same yeah. time onto the same platform I'm like, yeah, he, he, really well he done. even says that he says, I never beamed three people from two moving objects onto one place. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because you're awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. So, yeah, Pike is in a very bad shape. Um, we already discussed yeah. that earlier because of those slugs. Um, they like I think they there's something yeah. with your brainstem or your spinal column or It's something really like that. Yeah. Nerve damage for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, he like bones takes care of him like right away. And, mm -hmm. yeah, so they created this black hole and the Narada is pretty close to that. And one thing that I really, really like is that they offered... It's in it, you hmm? know. It's not close to it. The black hole, it's yeah, in yeah. the Narada. Yeah, yeah. Like, inside, um, you know. Yes. Something that I really, really liked is that they offered their assistance. They didn't just mm -hmm. let them die. They were like, you, like, we can help you. We can, like, get you out of there and... Mm -hmm. They declined, so they get destroyed. But, you know, they didn't just like, leave them to die, which yeah. is what I really liked. And I really like that Jim is giving a reason why he's doing that. Because he does, he, like Spock says, why are you doing that? Because that's the point I feel like where the, for the first time they've reversed the roles they had before. Because Jim is the one who thinks one step ahead and mm -hmm. Spock is just like, fuck them. And he basically says, yeah, but if we offer them assistance now... We won't have a diplomatic incident with Romulus later mm -hmm. because they're still Romulans. And I yep. really like that because it for the first time it shows him being a responsible adult. And that really works. Yep. All right. So yeah. One one more add-on. In the scene where Pike, like where they get beamed on and Bones comes running in with his crew and he's like, Whoa. Um, there's this one like nurse who has a similar hairstyle to Yearman Rand. And I noticed, I was like, damn, where were the bad shit 60s hairstyles? Because she, like, it's this, like, this bucket, mm -hmm. like, this we woven bucket hairstyle that she has. And I was like, oh, amazing. I did see <laughs> so that. In my, see? In my, oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, I spotted that. And I was like, cool, cool. And, um, of course, like, that's where my biggest complaint comes through. Where was um, Nurse Chapel? And Human Rand, yeah. Heartbreak. Yes. heartbreak <laughs> I mean I think they like they mention her very 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 briefly yeah. in Into Darkness but that's something to discuss another time um, yeah. but yeah that is really sucks so yeah and um, now that we've been like the, the, the black hole and everything happened and it's a really cool moment and we can talk about that but I wanted to add one thing um, in the video where they talked about the VFX, they also talked about the black hole scene. And um, they talked about, like, the VFX supervisor talked about how he wanted to create... Like, because the ship itself is really static. It's a ship. It's like a spaceship. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to add certain elements that make the ship look more, I don't know, less static and more like... A, not a living thing, but something that reacts to its circumstances. Mm -hmm. And that's always why we have scenes where it scratches on something. For example, in the destruction around Vulcan scene... 
and um, they also tried to create with the black hole something that like looked new in a way you know mm -hmm. because there's so many interpretations of how black holes look and in like sci-fi and what i really like is um when the black hole and everything is happening and like with the gravity and everything you see the ship move and react to everything it gets denser in some place and gets stretched in some others and i really like that these are like really fun little details mm -hmm. and one thing i've never noticed um when they go into war because they have this blue thingy you know mm -hmm. on the ship it actually changes its inner shape you know the like, nacelles basically mean? like they yeah so not the nacelles but like the thing in like before like the blue thingy basically like the belly button of the ship oh, yeah. you know yeah i know what you mean and it basically it opens up for this and it's like such a fun little detail i never noticed but mm -hmm. now that i know that it's there i'm like oh that's so cool because mm -hmm. it changes like when they go into warp speed it changes and yeah i just i just want to give like 20,000 props to the VFX teams yeah. because whatever, like all the work the companies have done, it's just it's so good. Yes, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's really, really cool. Um, oh yeah, I also wanted to give some props, but the prop is like or props mm -hmm. to whoever made the decision that Jim would look like shit throughout this entire movie. <laughs> Because, like, I don't know, like, he looks good for maybe a couple minutes at a time. But since he gets beaten up so much, he usually doesn't, you know? Yeah. Which, yeah, props <clears throat> to that. Good decision. Yeah, it's always nice. Yeah. Especially everyone else looks so clean and he's just, like, a mess. Yep. Yeah, and one more thing, like, with the black hole scene, I mean, the score. They they put in, I don't know, I'm not good with music therm terms, but, like, they put in, like, the choir i think that also vocalizes the the thing you know mm -hmm. do you know what i mean which scene not really <laughs> you look so lost the moment when the ship is destroyed and the the soundtrack itself is a bit toned down and you have this choir sing I, i'm not gonna sing it because i cannot but you know this do you know what i mean <laughs> not really but that's okay <laughs> I think I have to edit this in here just for like when you listen to it, you can just know what I'm okay. talking about. But there's this like moment. It's like really, it's like it's so well done. It also, like every other noise is toned back for mm -hmm. this choir. Like I don't even know if it's choir, it's like people singing. It's like really well done. <laughs> Jackino did incredible work. Yes, 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 he did do it all. Um, so yeah, we cut to Earth. Yeah, people are on Earth, and you have the Spock's meeting. You have that. Yeah, and it's a very cool scene because um, for a moment, <clears throat> Spock thinks like new Spock thinks that old Spock is his mm -hmm. dad. It's not though, and he like turns around and says, "I am not our father," and that is such a cool moment. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that, and um, yeah, it's like it's really cool that he tells Spock to like stay where he is right now, and he's like, you know, you don't know what you will get from this friendship. Like, it's gonna be life and like fate and universe altering, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, Spock is important to the universe. We just know it. I mean, it is. And they show that um, a couple times, too. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was amazing. I think he says that um, their friendship is going to be something that defines them both. And, yeah, it's yeah, true. Like, you does. see, like, over the different movies, how they both have a lot of character growth um, because yep. they're around each other. So that is that's really yeah. cool. Um, I have one question about that scene, though. Do you think Spock needs glasses because he didn't recognize Spock, old Spock? He only saw know? him from behind and it was a man who Still. like had like roughly the same like stature and like hairstyle as his father. So I mean, of course they look similar. Maybe it's because my father, he's like really tall, so mm -hmm. he stands out from other people because I would never miss him, you know, in terms of yeah. like, of course I miss my parents, but you know, and like <laughs> when I see him, yeah, yeah. I would not not recognize him. But still, I was like, 
are you blind? Do you need glasses? <laughs> I mean, it was like across the hanger and... I yeah. I don't think so. Fair no. enough. I'm just making fun of him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sometimes you need to make a little fun of Spock. It's yeah. important. So yeah, um, last scene in the movie is... Oh, well, not the last scene, but like almost one of the last things we see is um, when they're back on Earth and they're back at Starfleet Academy and they all get a commendation for like their bravery and how they saved the Earth and Jim gets officially made the captain of the Enterprise and he relieves Pike. And I think that's such a good moment between them um, when yeah. like... Jim goes to him and he's like, I relieve you. And Pike looks at him and he has, and he says, I'm relieved. And, you know, I know obviously like yeah. it's the wording and stuff, but I really, really like it because I think he knows like, yes, Jim is a hot-headed idiot, like a good portion of the time, but he still knows that he cares about the people and like he mm -hmm. did all these things to, you know, to save him and Earth. And yeah, yeah. it was good. You know, I think he can rest relieved knowing that his ship is in good hands. But definitely. It's mm -hmm. just, it's a good moment. But that um, that moment always makes me wish we would have spent more time with the relationship between Pike yeah. and Jim, especially with what happens in Into Darkness, I feel like. Definitely. That's a lost opportunity. That's what fan fiction is for. <laughs> yeah, I know. My entire, like, because there's so little characterization of all characters in the thing, because mm -hmm. everyone is so one-dimensional except for maybe Spock and sometimes Kirk. Everyone else is just there. And every characterization I have of these characters is from fanfiction. That's, that, that's why I said I don't know if things are canon or if they're from fanfiction. Even yeah. like, so much about Jim. I don't know if like, things are actually canon with like his abusive stepfather yeah. and that his brother like left because he couldn't like handle it anymore and stuff. Like there's I don't a deleted know if that's scene canon or not. that shows that the the that his the brother left. That's a deleted scene they never showed in the movie. Which they should have like all the scenes they deleted were scenes that actually showcased the characters' personalities mm -hmm. and I'm like maybe you should have left them in and one minute less of fighting. Just one maybe. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, so yeah, that was a, and yeah, then obviously we get, because like Pike's now the Admiral, then we get official yeah. Admiral Pike. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That is, woo! yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. And then the movie closes with Leona Nimoy saying the famous words, space the final frontier. And it's just, I love that. Same. I love that. It's just so good. Yeah. They knew what they were doing with that, for sure. Yeah. They pull out heart string, heart strings, you know? They just yeah. They were like, her. this is going to make people emotional. And they were right. They were right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the last thing I wrote down was, end good, alles good. I mean, at least for yeah. a couple... For a couple years. Time. I don't Some know when time. Into Darkness came out. 2011? I thought it was like two years, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. For a while. Things so, are good. So, yeah. Um, before, because I think we both want to give closing statements on the film, Um, I just wanted to add one more thing. Because we made that joke in the last episode, in the really early in the beginning, that J.J. Abrams has never seen Star Trek before. <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently he has, but I did find the interview I was looking for where he talks about why he made certain choices. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down some notes because I feel like that's something you're also going to have an opinion on because I have. Um, he told like the it's like a three minute clip, so it's not it's not long. But what he talks about is that he before that he was never a big fan of Star Trek, which shows he's a Star Wars per Star Wars person, and it one hundred percent shows. And he said that he didn't want to approach the movie as a Star Trek fan, but as a casual moviegoer, which also shows. And he always said, "What do I want to see as a moviegoer?" And he talks about that he doesn't know what the Trek he's wanted. And so basically he created a sci-fi movie and not a Star Trek movie. Mm -hmm. Which shows. <laughs> and um, then he started talking about TOS. And that I found so hilarious. Because it was just like... he I don't think in that moment he had the right perception of what he created. Because he said that... He never got Kirk as a kid because for him, Kirk in TOS was always too handsome, too swaggery and too cocky. And I'm like, that's literally the character you created. 
<laughs> it's literally the same person. And he always said that he never related to him. Because he said that Kirk in TOS is the furthest away of what he himself is. So he couldn't relate to Kirk. Which, of course, it's like a personal thing. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm not judging him for that. But he said that Spock was too smart for him. Bones was too grumpy. And Kirk was too handsome, speggery, and cocky. And I'm like, these are literally the characters you created in this film. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I had to laugh so much. I'm like, what? Where did we lose you? Damn. <laughs> it's just like what he's probably the least self like reflected person ever out there yeah. right yeah and then he said he didn't he didn't connect with them which in itself was fine like these are like it's a 60s tv show if you didn't connect with the characters that's 100 fine like i'm not going to judge you with that but then he said he always appreciated them from the outside which i yeah name and then he said we got to examine who these people were from the inside out and i'm like they're all one dimensional (laughs) (laughs) and then what i really found funny he talked about like he gave a little anecdote about how when the film the first edit of the film the first cut was finished he showed it to a friend he didn't name the friend but it's like a director friend he said and that friend told him that he liked the movie but he hated kirk because kirk was a disaster so apparently he they edited the movie to make Kirk more likable. <laughs> and he talked about the nuances. And I'm like, yeah, he is, he could be, he could be worse. But I'm like, he's not that likable, you know? He's pretty <laughs> unlikable. That's what we said, like, throughout the whole discussion is that he, like, is a mess. He's not, you cannot relate to him at all because you do not know his, like, own, like, motivations. Yeah. And he's obnoxious. It's so weird. And that's the thing about TOS Kirk. Like, mm-hmm. yes, he had a lot of swagger. He had a lot of... I I would I would say that he had a lot of trust in his abilities. Because yeah. he did have, like... He was a skilled captain. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. That's the thing. AOS Kirk does not know what he is doing at all. But he has the same amount of, like, swagger. You know? Yeah, and cockiness. So yeah. that's what makes him unlikable. <laughs> mm-hmm that's like the funny thing like he said to you like William Shatner Kirk is too 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 smack about what he achieves but Chris Pine Kirk never achieved anything yeah. until the very end of the movie and I feel like that is the main problem mm-hmm. that we as TOS fans have with AOS yeah that they try to do something new and with that they just created a mess with what the so characterizations too. like you know yeah, but yeah, but one thing he also says he gives huge props to the actors, and I feel like mm-hmm. like you already talked about the phenomenal casting, and I can just repeat that because it's incredible, and they're doing incredible work, and I really really love all of them. Yeah, but yeah, these were the thoughts <laughs> behind the scenes. I just had to laugh so much, and I was so frustrated when I couldn't find the interview, and then I finally found it because I was like, just just watch the movie, man. <laughs> Yeah, like, maybe maybe you should have revised some things. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's just something I wanted to add on. So um, do you have any final, like maybe a closing statement on the first AOS film? Um, I mean, I kind of can only repeat what I said at the beginning of our first part of the episode is basically what you just confirmed now um it's a movie that is very accessible no matter if you're like familiar with star trek in any way shape or form you can watch this Mm -hmm. movie and you know what's happening you can watch any of these movies and you know what's happening um so that is something good but at the same time they could have made a little bit more effort to cater to the fans as well like you don't have to make this like whole thing where like you can only get it if you like watched all of star trek or whatever but a little bit you know a little bit more characterization mm-hmm. would have been nice a little bit more payoff would have been nice um yeah all in all it's an entertaining movie i feel like it's a little bit long mm-hmm. to be fair like yes two hours is standard for like a sci-fi movie but some scenes feel long there's some things we haven't talked about where we're like eh, you know wasn't that entertaining or not worth mentioning mm-hmm. So that is something. I mean, like, that's true for almost any movie now, though. So 
Yeah, that's yeah. not a problem that J.J. Abrams like specifically <laughs> created. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I generally enjoy watching this movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, I can. Yeah, I can just piggyback off that. Like same. I think the movie in some parts is too long, and some things are missing. And I feel like a lost opportunity is the details. And I think that's what made Star Trek always so like exciting. The details. To have a Cardassian character in the background. To the background Vulcan from like Lower Decks. That, yeah. We all love him. Yeah, you know, these things that you don't you don't have to be a Star Trek fan to get the movie. But when you are a Star Trek fan, you get the details. Yeah. And that's something that's missing from the film. I get the movie, but there aren't many details to get. There isn't, like, for example, if they were... I think they talked also... They talked about Cardassia at some point. I was like, oh, nice. I think, like, mm -hmm. some Cardassian a Cardassian sunrise. Something. It was a cocktail that yeah. um, Hura ordered, yes. Yeah, and these were the fun little details. And later on, you have that in Beyond where they drink Romulan ale. And you're mm -hmm. like, that's that's in every Star Trek thingy. You have that Romulan ale is illegal apparently everywhere. <laughs> and these And everyone has it, nonetheless. <laughs> And these are the things that I miss from the film. But what I really like is, as you said, it's accessible, it's fun, and it's a good introduction to Star Trek, but it's or sci it's a good introduction to sci-fi films. I think not necessarily to Star Trek itself, but to sci-fi, like to the genre. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. And yeah, I don't know. What I kind of miss is the techno babble, you know, and the teamwork. And yeah. um, we don't get to see much of that in Into Darkness because of the circumstances that arise around Khan because they put all the characters in a really difficult situation. Um, and Kirk is basically doing his thing and everyone has to follow lead and those mm -hmm. who don't leave the ship. And that's, I think, it's a lost opportunity. But they kind of brought that back in Beyond. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's why it's my favorite AOS Same. movie. Um, so yeah, in itself, it's a good movie. But they just, there were things that missed, you know, that yep. they were missing. I agree. But yeah. Cool. Oof. <laughs> yeah, now that we finished this, um, we talked about the film now for quite some time. Yeah. And, and now, finally, it is time to continue with <laughs> a fuck, Mary kill. It Isn't sure it? is. Um... Yeah, well, rules are the same as always. So our first category is that you have to switch lives with this person for a whole month. So this person then automatically becomes the roommate of our roommate. So yeah, that sounded more <laughs> complicated than it had to be. Um, the second one is that you have to go to relationship therapy with this person. doesn't have to be a romantic relationship in any way. It's just any kind of... like. You, both yeah. of you, are going to therapy together. And the third one is that this person has to be your talent coach or judge on, like, a reality talent show. Like, our often used example is this person is now your Heidi Klum on Germany's Next Top Model. So, yeah. Should I give you my characters first? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so um, those are characters that came to me last night while I was <laughs> in bed and I was like, too hot to sleep and i have not looked them up so. that sounded like you were too sexy to sleep <laughs> what 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 <laughs> that sounded like you were too sexy to sleep obviously <laughs> you know. i'm too sexy for my bed um <laughs> it's what you say though <laughs> yeah you you were feeling really like warm i mean yeah when you're too hot like then you like, it's yeah. like i'm very sure that this is how you yeah. say it <laughs> gonna ask megan after this okay first person that i have for you is cupcake um lieutenant handorf later but like jim colson cupcake mm -hmm. he, i think he dies at some point in the movie i don't remember um, i don't remember either but yeah he's the guy who basically like you know tells jim to go easy on Huhura, which he's right in and then jim calls him easy cupcake or something Mm -hmm. And the second one is the AOS stat mirror. And I know we've talked about Pike before, but I don't think it was the AOS Pike. Yeah, I think it's a normal one. Okay, and my last one is mm -hmm. AOS Sulu because I just love him so much. Okay. Um, 
I think I would switch lives with the Admiral. Because as much as I love him, I think you could profit from having his positive influence in your life. And also, I think, especially, like, I'm talking post-movie, where he is doing Admiral stuff. Because then he is the Admiral. He's not the Deptin anymore. He's the Admiral. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. I don't know. I think that would be fun. Also, I can boss people around, and I like bossing people around. <laughs> True. And I can, and you get to see the rebuilding of Starfleet. Even if it's just for a month. It's, I think it's interesting. Um, I think I would make Cupcake my talent host i don't know maybe it's a i don't even know i don't know we don't know anything about a character nope. to be fair um so um i think maybe yeah, it's maybe a baking it's like show respect women course thingy hmm? maybe it's a baking show <laughs> yeah oh god yeah yeah just him being mr cupcake so yeah and because i really want to spend time with aos sulu because he seems so nice and i i like john cho a lot like the character like the actor who's playing him yep. and i think yeah i would have a good time and also apparently in the the most explicit of um gay lovers seen in a movie <laughs> cinema i mean it's not as bad as disney productions but it's up there it's up there with um, them apparently yeah. he's gay or he's not straight he is in a committed relationship with another man and at that point, he probably... I don't, we don't know. We don't know anything. But maybe he isn't. So I can just be, like, bitching about straight people with him. And that would be nice. It's something we like to do. Kirk is so straight in this film, you know? Yeah. He's so straight. So I would have a time with Zulu. Mm-hmm. So these are my choices. Awesome. <laughs> that was quick and painless. Yeah. Okay. So, um, my characters, I have to give a bit of a... I don't know. Heads up. So they're in the scene where um, the <laughs> ships are all destroyed around Vulcan. <laughs> they, the um, CGI team, the VFX team from ILM, managed to sneak in a little, little cameo of a Star Wars character. Was it R2? So my, so my three characters are, <laughs> yes, was R2, are R2-D2, C-3PO, and BB-8. <laughs> God, I feel like someone turned off the podcast just now. <laughs> this is interesting. Okay, wait. Okay, I feel like... I feel like... I feel like... This is smart. <laughs> I know. Okay, I think... I think I would have... three uh, C-3PO ha would have to be my talent coach. Because mm -hmm. I feel like... He's probably the only one who can offer any assistance or guidance. Yeah. And also he like he complains a lot. So, you know, he judges people. He could he could be a judge. He could definitely do that. Yeah, and definitely. you know, he is um he has the biggest like database of like cultural knowledge and stuff. Um so yeah, that would be that. Then I think I would switch lives with maybe with art. Though he gets bombed a lot, you know, he gets shot at a lot. Also, what would I even do? <laughs> As Luke's like, <laughs> would I just sit on the front of the X-Wing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I mean, maybe so you decided like, you're going to be Luke era R2-D2. Yeah, maybe in the times that... Like, or do you want to spend maybe. time with Anakin? What? Do you want to spend time with Anakin? No. <laughs> do really not want to spend time with Anakin. Never mind. I'll change that decision. I'm going to be BB-8. Or like switch lives with BB-8. Because then I can spend time with Rey. And that is nice. And also with Finn and with Poe. And those are all characters I really like. God, yeah, I didn't even yeah. think about Anakin. That sucks. <laughs> Ugh, I hate him. Like, okay. That was a very, that was a very controversial opinion. I hate Anakin Skywalker. And if you come for me, then I don't care. Okay. <laughs> let's get it. let's keep going um cool i mean you can you can spend some time with bb8 isn't that amazing i love bb8 bb8 is amazing he's the cutest and i would be the coolest person in trier at that moment you know yeah coolest person in the world actually yeah in the world you're right yeah bb8 is so cute it's so funny how they always talk about um like i don't know if you've like seen the interviews but they talk about how they like they keep obviously they know that BB-8 is not real, but they still kept interacting with him on set, even yeah. if the camera was like turned off. Amazing, humans are just something, you know. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I would have to go to relationship. You know what? This actually makes sense now. I would go to relationship therapy with R2D2 and then he could bitch about Anakin and how stupid he yes. is. Yes. Because like you know throughout the movie Full circle. Yeah. Throughout the movies he is not happy with the decisions that Anakin makes. You just know it. I mean, I think they like yeah. stated too. So Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's actually really good. All right. Now we've covered that. <laughs> I don't know and you know I I mean I I, I don't know what to say. This is it. No, I mean it's not it it. Um now comes the part where we get to rent. Yes. And um now I'm going to ask you the most important question of the day, Paula. Who or what is your fuck fuck? So my fuck fuck this week is more of a concept and it is something we have talked about before. I mean you and me, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast or not, but It is the thing that, or the concept, that people get to do or get to make movies that they they mm -hmm. aren't really qualified for. And, you know, that people like J.J. Abrams doing a Star Trek movie, although he explicitly said he didn't get it and he was not really much of a fan. I feel like there's probably people out there who, I don't know, are yeah. Star Trek fans and are really into it, like Alex Kurtzman. I mean, yes, I know he was involved, but, you know, just for the purpose of the argument. Um, mm -hmm. Like, that could have done it better. And I wonder why, like, people like J.J. Abrams or, like, I'm sure there's Joss Whedon. Yes, I, I just thought <laughs> of another person, Joss Whedon. Why do these people get to make these big movies? Although, first off, they're not that great at it. Like, even, like, looking at Star Wars... J.J. Abrams openly admitted that he did not have a plan going in, into the sequel trilogy. He didn't have a plan and he still got to do it. How? How? Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. And then there's so many talented people out there. And I would bet you a lot of money that a lot of them are women, are non-straight white cis men. But no, people like Joss Whedon and J.J. Abrams get the jobs and I don't understand because like they're not doing that great of a job. You know, like everyone yeah. probably can agree that, for example, Into Darkness was a mess. Why did he get to make this movie? Or that Star Trek 9 or 8 were f fucking mess. Like, you mean uh, Star, Star Wars, Wars. <laughs> not Star Trek. I mean, 8 <laughs> is not, 8 is not, to be fair, 8 is not J.J. Abrams. That was someone else. Oh, okay. He did Oh, you're right, nine. you're right. Never mind. But like, you know, those movies yeah. were a mess. Why? Why did he? I don't understand. I hate that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like, especially if you with are out the knowledge about Loki, what? What you told me, but like the Loki show. Oh yes, yeah. See that that is the opposite of a fuck fuck. I wouldn't call it a dude, but that was something that delighted me this week because, as you all know, or maybe not because this comes out way later. But um, the Loki show came out, or the first episode came out um this week on the 9th of June, and yeah. I read an interview with um the showrunner. Her name is Kate. Heron, I think, I'm pretty sure. Maybe Google that to make sure. Yeah, I'm gonna and, Google. And um, <laughs> like I said, usually like for like jobs like this, they're like pretty important to, I don't know, the Disney execs or whatever. Like these jobs go to men <laughs> most of the time. And I would call them established directors, right? Um, yeah. And in this case, um, she is a big fan of the character and she thought, like, she really, really... Yeah, Kate Heron, I just googled it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So she is a big fan of it all and she really, really wanted to get the job. So what she did was she wrote a whole full 60 pages pitch for the execs and she just, you know, as you would do, sent in her application and, like, she put so much love and thought into it that the people up there, I don't know who decides that, but... They decided mm -hmm. that she would actually, you know, be taken on as showrunner. And I think that is so cool because, and I know we've only seen one episode and I don't want to, you know, I don't know, talk about that too much. But I feel like you see that she gets the character. She's now yeah. Joss Whedon who's like, you're evil because you're evil. But, you know, that she gets motivations and characterization right. And I really like that. Or like, you cannot be, you're a monster because you're a woman who cannot be pregnant. 
yeah, or I'm gonna treat you badly because generally you're a woman and I want to film up your skirt. And if you don't do it, then I'm gonna ruin your whole career. Like, yeah, I hate just like my hatred for Joss Whedon is so so high. I hate mm -hmm. him so fucking much. Um, Alex agrees. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's my that's like the concept of like only established directors getting jobs like this and then not doing a great job, but they getting jobs like this again and again and again that is my fuck and fuck. you don't know why yeah okay this was kind of a, a really long, good fuck fuck. long rant about this so alex i'm gonna ask you who or what is your fuck fuck is it the weather <laughs> no not this time <laughs> you already know my fuck fuck though because yesterday i had a miserable experience in the local supermarket oh, yes. <laughs> where i got rammed with a how do you say shopping cart By an older elderly woman. I was like, what the fuck? I was standing there. Like, she was, she was like, not a boomer or yet, but almost, you know? And she was like a Karen. But the, I decided at some point that the German equivalent of a Karen is a hiker. And she was a hiker. Because, a hiker is a name, by the way, for <laughs> anyone not German. Like, it's not just a weird German word, it's a name. And... We were standing there and I had to wait for like 20 seconds or so and I had to wait there because there were like the, the supermarket is quite small and there were a lot of people and you have to have shopping carts because of like COVID to keep distance and she saw that I physically couldn't move in any direction and she just ran the cart into my back and basically into my ba the back of my feet and everything in my back legs and I was like what? And then instead of just apologizing for that because it could have been an accident, she could have wanted to turn around and accidentally hit me. No, she told me, yeah, I mean, you are kind of in the way here. And I was like, I will fight you. And I, because I was already in the mood, it was really hot, the buses, I just had worked for quite some time. I hadn't eaten a really long time, which always ups my aggression level, <laughs> as everyone who knows me can like confirm. So I was like... If she says one more thing, I'm gonna take the card and push her with her card into the yogurt shelf because <laughs> she will die. And I was just like, how disrespectful can you be? Like, there, there was obviously not a no way. And I get like, it's super hot. People are agitated because of that. You're annoyed. It's COVID. You just want to get home. It's Saturday. Like, I get all of these things. But uh, same, buddy. Same. Yeah. I don't want to be there either. I just needed food. And that pissed me off so much. And I was like... This is the reason why some German people cannot drive a car. Because they don't know... They, they cannot assess the situation and react accordingly. They're just plain stupid. <laughs> and that wasn't even stupidity. She was... That was male intent. She wanted malintent. Like, she wanted me to, to be hurt. And I was like, I didn't do anything to you. So, yeah. That woman from the supermarket. I get your anger. I really do. Sucks. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I just, I hate, like, I don't even know her, and I hate her so much. <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> But yeah, that's my fuck fuck. And now it's time to go on to the happy part. And just little explanation, a dude is not only a man oh, yeah. you appreciate, it can be <laughs> anyone or anything. It's like a really Californian news of a dude. And it's something, you know, it's a dude. It's something you appreciate that makes you feel good. So Paula, who or what is your dude? My dude this week is that we're a little bit more free to travel places. That was something yeah. that we really, really enjoyed this week because we got to leave the country for the first <gasps> time in like, I don't know, many, many, many months. We got to leave the country. It was to go to our neighboring country, which is Luxembourg. Um, but it was amazing. We spent the day being tourists. I spoke French. It was terrifying because I haven't in five <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great yeah we had a good time and that was like just the feeling of a tiny little bit of normalcy being like injected back into our lives felt great so yeah. that was my dude it was generally it was so nice we had such a good time it was a really good day i mean it was generally a pretty good week yeah. to be fair yeah. we didn't have a lot of work to do because like our seminars were cancelled that was one thing Then we watched yep. Loki on Wednesday and it didn't disappoint us. So that was amazing. Then on Thursday, we got to leave the country. Amazing. So, like, yeah. Week all around. Yeah. Yeah. Except maybe for the Luxembourg um, train station who lied to us. 
which lied to us. That was so... It was not my fault. Do you want to explain that? <laughs> yeah. So um, we were leaving and they told... Like at the at the train station, they were like, yeah, you can leave. Like the train leaves at platform 5C slash D, like in that area. And it's like... It was on there on multiple like screens and different different like places. They told us that. We were in the train. It did not go where we wanted to go. <laughs> so we had to get off the train at the next station because we were just traveling somewhere in Luxembourg. <laughs> like to an unknown destination. Had to wait for like 15 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes. Had to minutes, catch another train. Yeah, which is slower because it whole like um stops at more like places. And um, the other one is more like a train that only stops on like it's an express places? train and the other one is like a, yeah. a slower one, yeah. Normal. Yeah. So we just, like, it took us maybe an hour or an hour or 30 longer to get home because the Luxembourg train station lied to us. <laughs> I felt so betrayed in that moment. Same. I mean, yeah, it was still a nice day, but that wasn't great. That's yeah. True. I mean, it's pretty funny looking back at it, but in that yeah. moment I was like, heartbreak, heartbreak. <laughs> true. So or yeah. something. But, but yeah. yeah, Alex, tell me, who is your dude this week? My dude is a what? And my dude is the Oreo ice cream we bought. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me so happy. It's like, it's ice cream, but it has like the Oreo cookies in it. And the cookies aren't like super, because you would think it's ice cream, it's cold. So the cookies it's themselves are really difficult to eat. But the cookies still have that Oreo cookie texture and way and it's just it combined everything i love and it's just you know i'm gonna eat more after recording this yeah i also wanted so. to inform you that they have like the, the soft oreo cookies are also in the like cookie dough ice cream that we bought um oh the ben and jerry's God. one i i big i i bought them not unknowing that they're both in, like in both of them i'm an accidental genius <laughs> <laughs> Because I had some of the so, Ben and Jerry's um, yesterday afternoon, and I was like, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah, nice." Oh yeah, that's amazing. God, I love ice cream so much, and now that things are open again, we maybe can go to an ice cream place and get ice cream. God, I'm so excited for that. So yeah, that's my that's my dude. <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah, it's pretty simple this week, huh? Um, so yeah, I think we're at the end of the episode again, <laughs> and. Do you want to tell the people about our social media? Yes, you can find us on social media on both Instagram and Twitter under at deep underscore space underscore gay. And if you want to reach out to us, maybe with your opinions on AOS or any other feelings you might have about the world or Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> you can do that under the email address at, no, not at, <laughs> deep.space.gay at gmail.com. All right, people, then I want you all to stay safe, try and stay sane. I know it's hard, but um, yeah, we'll see each other next time. 